The title of my message is How to Deal with the Storms of Life. And you, you better say a, a good amen because I worked very hard for this sermon. Yeah. Or you may want to entitle it Choosing Faith and Hope Instead of Fear and Anxiety. Mark chapter 4 is our main verse. From verse 35, I'm reading. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea, they obey him? May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. The discovery of COVID-19 has sent mixed feelings around the world and has been met really with different reactions. There are people who are in despair, some in fear, some in shock. We know that this virus has spread from Asia to Europe and North America, and it has spread rapidly over the past weeks, bringing with it a level of panic everywhere, from the supermarkets to the stock markets, to the local churches, a panic that we've never seen in recent times. We hear of stores being emptied of sanitizers, emptied of canned food, toilet paper, water. We see people fighting over the sale of the limited supplies of face masks. We know now the current numbers of the people who cases that have been infected by this virus stands at 151,760. The confirmed cases of people infected with COVID-19 virus in our country now stands at 38. And all of these cases are people who had traveled, by the way, to high-risk areas outside of South Africa. The South African Airways flight transporting South African citizens repatriated from Wuhan in China arrived in Pulukwani yesterday morning, Saturday morning. We know that these people, our brothers and sisters, will be quarantined at the Protea Hotels, the ranch resort, which is 25 kilometers from Pulukwani, and they'll be there for the next 21 days. But you know, much as the world is reacting like this, we need to think about it, by the way. People in Bible days also faced situations that crept up on them. When you look at the history of the world, as humanity, we have survived the most adverts of things. The situation, even in Bible days, elicited different responses and reactions from people. From the text that we have read, we read how Jesus had spent the whole day with the disciples, preaching to the disciples and the multitudes, preaching to them in parables, the famous teaching we know of the sower and the word. When Jesus was alone with his disciples, 
they prevailed on him to explain the meaning of the parable. And Jesus in great detail explains to them what the parable is about. And when you really summarize what Jesus is really trying to tell them, is that in this instance, when the word of God is sown, Satan will come in immediately and try to steal the word. And Jesus explains what will come your way. To put it in context, Jesus is also trying to tell us that any time we try to move forward in life, we've got to understand that life as it is, there will be times when things will creep up on us. And these things will try to stop us in our track in moving forward in life. That's what Jesus told them. Jesus is explaining to them, look, things will happen, challenges will come, but even when challenges come, you don't need to be afraid. There's no need for panic. There's no need for you to act in an unbecoming way. Jesus was very detailed about this and very explicit about what he meant. And after doing so, he commands his disciples to get into the boat and to cross over to the other side. Remember, Jesus was not only the son of God, but God the son. So the words that have been spoken to these disciples are words that come from one who knows the beginning and the end of your life. Just like life. When you go about in life trying to fulfill your destiny, there will be things that will come and intercept you. However, as they got into the boat, the Bible tells us that Jesus went into the stern, to the stern of the boat, at the back of the boat, and there he slept. I'd like to submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, I somehow have the impression or the suspicion that Jesus probably knew what was coming. He knew that a storm would come in the process of life. But just to demonstrate that he knows that even if storms come, I'm going to go to the other side. He goes to the back of the boat and he slips right over there. The Bible tells us as the storm came and as the disciples were tossed this way and that way and the water was filling the boat, they began to panic. They panicked to an extent that they went to Jesus and woke him up and almost accused him, how can you sleep when we are dying? You can see their response to a storm, in inverted commas, to a challenge that comes, they respond in a different way. Jesus, on the contrary, understands that storms will come in life, but God will see us through the storms. Challenges will come in life, but God will always take us to the other side. Do you know why? Because the God who created us was there before the storm came, will be there during the storm, will be there after the storm. God will take you over to the other side. Tell your neighbor, we are going over to the other side. Jesus understood Numbers 23, 19 that says God is not a man to lie or the son of man to change his mind. Jesus understood what Luke 1, 37 says, which says there is no word from God that is void of power. Jesus understood Hebrews 1, 2, which says God upholds all things by the word of his power. And I want you to know that in spite of the challenge that we are facing, God will bring us all as humanity to the other side of the storm. Now, we know there are different kinds of storms. There are situational storms, relational storms, emotional storms, satanic storms. The disciples were going through a situational storm, which is what I believe we're going through right now. Situational storms creep up on you. They come on you when you're not ready. When they come, you have a choice to respond like the disciples did, which is in fear, or to respond the way Jesus did, which is in faith. And the Bible tells us 
that storms will come. Let me give you a few things the Bible says about storms. Number one, storms will come in the process of you fulfilling your destiny. Remember, the disciples were simply going to the other side. Just like we go about with our life every day, fulfilling our destiny, going to work, trying to fulfill our career, studying, we are all trying figuratively to go to the other side. But you know, storms don't seem to respect what we are doing. They simply creep up on us. And so storms come our way. And when they come our way, Jesus is showing us we don't need to panic. So storms will come in the process of life. Number two, secondly, we learn from the Bible that storms are inevitable. In fact, when Jesus gave the teaching in Luke chapter 6 verse 48 of a man who built his house, Jesus goes further that even if you're in the process of building, of doing something that's constructive, storms by nature will come. In Luke 6, he talks about the wind that came, the rain that descended. He talks about all kinds of things that came that the way of the building. In fact, he says, when the wind came, when the rain descended, when the flood came, that he uses the word when suggests that storms will come. Storms cannot be stopped from coming. They will come. They are inevitable. In fact, when James writes about this, in James chapter 1 verse 2, this is what he said. He says, count it all joy when you fall into different types of storms. So in other words, when the storm comes, we don't allow the storms to halt us in our motion or to instill fear in our hearts. Now, it doesn't mean we just naively go into the storm or we try to dismiss the facts that are there. No, we don't do that. We inform ourselves. We know what is happening. We equip ourselves with knowledge, but we face the storm with the knowledge that we have, knowing fully well that we are going to the other side. Tell your neighbor you are going to the other side. <laughs> Number three, storms are unpredictable. What do I mean? They come unannounced. I don't think a few months ago, we ever had an idea that in March of 2020, we will be talking the way we're talking. I don't know if you were ever expecting a service like this one where we have to be updating people about this. That just shows you how our life is so finite. That just shows you as human beings, we are susceptible to so many things. But in spite of that, we know that though we are finite, we serve a God who is infinite. Even though things may be unpredictable and take us by surprise, God is not taken by surprise. Our God always knows what's coming and he will always be there to help us. So the disciples, as they were in the boat, going about their normal business, all of a sudden COVID-19 came into the boat <laughs> and they didn't know what to do with it. And Jesus is telling them, no, instead of being afraid, you should be people of fear. Number three, number four rather. Storms are impartial. Know this. The disciples were going about doing what Jesus told them to do. See, when storms come, they don't say you are a church person or you are a non-church person. They don't say you are male or female. They don't say you are black or white. We need to dispel the myth, by the way, of some wrong information that's flying around that is trying to suggest that we as black people do not get the coronavirus. I'm here to tell you that the, the COVID-19 is not racist at all. It goes to all people, and we should understand that storms are impartial. And so storms do come to all of us, and all of us at some point have to deal with those storms regardless of who we are. However, number five, Storms, when they come, they will challenge your faith. 
Jesus says to them in Mark 4, how is it that you have no faith? And James 1.3 tells us that the trying of your faith will produce patience. So when storms come, they will challenge our faith. They will challenge our foundation. It depends what our foundation is. It depends what our belief system is. The best way to deal with storms is to really make sure you are informed. Now, I want to use an analogy, uh, or rather borrow from how pilots are trained. When you are trained as a pilot, outside of them showing you how to fly the plane, they try to prepare you for days when you'll have to fly through a storm. Because they understand in aviation that for as long as you're going to get airborne, for as long as you are moving from A to B, storms will come, just like life. As we move on in life, storms will come. But very often we are really not prepared to face the storms. So when pilots are trained, they are told to do five things when they are caught in a storm. All right, Five things which I would like for us to extrapolate and maybe use those five things as a guidance for how we handle this storm. Because remember, we are going through to the other side. Just like the disciples went through to the other side, God is going to see us all through to the other side. The first thing that pilots are told is that as you fly in your plane and you get caught in the storm up there in the clouds, the first thing you must do is calm down. Tell your neighbor, calm down. I'll tell them the way you say it, you young people. Look at them and say, chill. Tell the other one, just chill. Calm down. Note what Jesus says in Mark 4.40. He says to his disciples, why are you so fearful? Why are you so full of fear? Why are you allowing fear to fill you? We shouldn't be afraid of COVID-19. We shouldn't be afraid of what has come in the world. Thankfully, statistics are showing that the recovery rate of this condition is very high. 80% of people who got infected recover. That's a very high rate much higher than some of the conditions that are already existing. We also know that there is medical care that is available. Tell your neighbor, calm down. Say it again, calm down. Say it again, calm down. Tell them again, calm down. You see, fear is a problem because fear always blows things out of proportion. It is fear that has caused a situation that we know about in our country where somebody who came from some of these high-risk areas was attacked. And people just attacked this person simply because of fear. We don't need to be afraid. We should be aware that if somebody just coughs in jail, you can't just run away from them and say, Ooh, unless you have been in these areas, then you shouldn't allow fear to come your way. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. The best antidote to fear is knowledge. The book of Habakkuk tells us, God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We need to have knowledge, but the correct kind of knowledge. All right? There's a lot of knowledge or information on social media that is not trustworthy. And this is why we insisted ourselves to have medical people who, by the way, even in their corporate life, they are involved in these very same things. They go to conferences, they, are, they sit around with people who, make, who discuss these things and all of that. So we know that the information is correct. 
So the antidote to fear is to be knowledgeable. In fact, somebody says the word fear, could, you could use it as an acronym of, of, uh, of things appearing uh, uh, or, or things that appear to appear as though as what they are really not. Oftentimes, you have things coming to you and he said it's simply like false evidence appearing real. That's the word fear. So we shouldn't allow fear to come our way. We must be knowledgeable. We must accept the facts that are there. We can't deny the facts that are there. We must know what's there. We must take the precaution that we must take. But at the same time, we shouldn't be fearful. The second thing that pilots are told is to climb, particularly with the small planes that don't fly at a very high altitude. When you get caught in a storm, you lose sight of where you're going. You cannot physically be able to see that it looks like I am flying towards a mountain here. So what do they tell them? They tell them, go to a higher altitude. How do we climb? We climb by being informed. We climb by taking preventative measures. We climb by being proactive should we present with any, any symptoms of this condition. In other words, you've got to take your level of warfare to a different dimension. When you are attacked, don't be passive. When you are attacked, don't stand around in fear. Don't be paralyzed by lack of knowledge. Be a protect, proactive person. Go to a higher level. In spiritual terms, it says in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. So we need to put our level of warfare to a higher level and be able to climb. Number three, third thing that they tell pilots is to check their instruments. See, when you are caught in a storm in these flights, because you are surrounded by clouds and the weather is really bad, you have no sight of where you're going. And because of the plane being tossed this way and that way, and the turbulence that you go through, you get to a point where you lose your sense of balance. I remember uh, some years ago, this is 1996, I believe it was, I, we, I went on one of the commercial airlines, and, and as somebody told me reliably this morning, it looks like this airline is no longer operating, but it was Motavia Airlines. I don't know if it's still there. Motavia Airlines, they specialized in small planes, you know, the ones that sit about six people, eight people, uh, it wasn't big airlines. So I was flying to Tata, and it was in November time, the rainy season, all right? So when we got on this flight, there were three of us passengers, and there was the pilot and the co-pilot in this small plane, all right? So the weather was not really great, Bazalwan, I must be honest with you. And you know, if you've seen the flight path to Mtata on some of those books, the magazines in the, on the, in the, in the plane, you will know that at some point you're going to fly over Lesotho. And Lesotho is very mountainous. And, and because of it being so mountainous, there's usually the plane is not very calm when it passes over there. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like turbulence, all right? I know I'm a man of faith. I know I believe in God, but I know I don't like turbulence at all. Okay, so here, we get into this plane, and as we settle in, the co-pilot, who happened to be white, and you'll understand why I'm mentioning it, turns to look at us, and he's red in the face. Red, Barcelona. And he says to us, uh, uh, folks, uh, when we flew down, it was bumpy. All right? It was very bumpy. And uh, we just 
made contact with the control tower, telling us that the weather is going to get worse. So just strap yourselves in, put your seatbelts on, we're going to have a bumpy ride. Now, with the big airlines, all right, flying to Mtata is about 45 minutes plus and minus. With the Smolanyana ones, it's an hour and 30 minutes. Now, if you've ever been caught in turbulence, you know three minutes of turbulence feels like three hours. Now, you can imagine an hour and 30 minutes, all right? So, as we took off, the other two guys pretended to be sleeping. I knew what they were doing. I knew what they were doing. They were just as afraid as I am. The only thing they were saying, what kind of thing, you know? And so... We fly 30 minutes into the flight, we started bumping and experiencing turbulence, left and right and this way, or that way, it's all around us, you don't see anything. And, and, and then you start experiencing vertical. You know, when you, when you lose your sense of balance, you don't know whether you're going up or down, you don't know if you're upside down, right side up, you don't know whether you're going north, east, south or whatever. And so the pilots are told, look, when you get caught in turbulence, Look at your instruments. Because every flight, every plane has got instruments there that tell you which direction you're flying, what speed you're going at. They tell you whether, at what altitude you're flying. And they tell the pilot, no matter how you feel, all right, when the, when the instruments tell you you're going south, believe them. Even if you feel like you're going down, if the instrument is saying you're going up, you better believe it. I believe it is in this time where we need to manage our spiritual vertical. We need to believe the instrument called the word of God, what the word of God says. We've got to believe that God will take us through. We've got to believe that God will see us to the other side. We must also believe the instruments of the correct information. Let's believe the information as it comes from the medical people when we are told. Let's trust that information no matter how we feel. Let's not say, now nah, I'm black, it will never come my way. Let's not go buy these things on the internet, coronavirus, whatever, tablets that you can take and you are okay in five days. That's not going to happen. Just trust the information. Why? Because it is when you look at the instruments that you are sure you are not going to crush your plane. Listen, if we use the right instrument, God helping us, we are going to go over to the other side. Can I hear an amen? So we need to check our instruments. We mustn't walk by feelings. We must walk by facts. We mustn't just allow ourselves to dizzily say things. We mustn't just say things that are not there. We need to navigate this storm, everything around us, even if we may be tossed around by turbulence. When vertigo sets in, when we're going through the storm, when we lose perspective of direction, we must remember that God is reliable and the correct information is reliable. We must remember that the same God who has brought us through many seasons will bring us through this time. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Number four, the fourth thing that the pilots are told is to communicate. To communicate. They tell them, make sure you talk to the control tower. Because when you're caught in a storm, sometimes you need help from them. Even if you don't know where you are, from the control tower, they can see you on their radar. They know where you are. It's important. In times of turbulence, communicate. This is why we are disseminating the information that we are disseminating right now for you to have the knowledge. But secondly, it's important for you to learn to communicate with your God and talk to your God about your family, about your community, about your nation. 
We need to talk to our God that we should find a vaccine for this virus as quickly as possible. We should talk to our God that the infection rate doesn't spread beyond a certain level. Am I talking to people who are here with it to communicate? See, we need to communicate with the control tower. We went and did a presentation to the TRC several years ago when the TRC process was, was in place. And we, we flew to East London. We went there as the IFCC, which I'm a member of, the International Federation of Christian Churches, to go and make our presentation. Desmond Tutu, uh, the, the Bishop Emeritus, was chairing the process. And you know these processes take long. And we had chartered a plane from Lansiria. It belonged to one missionary. So we, he, he offered to fly us there. And it's a small plane. It flew out of Lansiria, which at that time was a very small airport, not as developed as it is right now. So go to the TRC. The proceedings that day took very long. Finally, when we got to make our presentation, it was late. We made our presentation, and then we got on the plane to fly back. All right? As we are approaching Lansiria Airport, pilot comes on, said, ladies and gentlemen, we are 15 minutes towards landing. Okay, strap yourselves in. You know how they go through it, right? Unfortunately, it happened to be one of those days where the weather wasn't so great. All right? So here we are. We know we are landing in 15 minutes. 30 minutes later, we are still airborne. All right? One hour later, we are still airborne. One and a half hour later, we are still airborne. wrong up. And so Pastor Ray, whom we are traveling with, then says to the pilot, is everything okay? <laughs> and the pilot responds, yes, Pastor Ray. And Pastor Ray goes, if everything is okay, why are we still airborne? <laughs> pilot comes back, we have a technical problem. <laughs> Pastor Ray, what is the technical problem? <laughs> and there's a moment of silence, quietness. And the pilot said, <clears throat> You see, this airport where we are supposed to land is a small airport, and people knock off at a certain time. <laughs> so we came in too late. They've all knocked off. There's no one to bring us in, and we are supposed to land. There was a moment of holy silence in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we all kept quiet. Here we are, going around and around. Finally, pilot comes and says, well, I've got good news for you. I, I managed to get in contact with Jansmas Airport, OR Tambo. It was called Jansmas Airport at that time. Because they've got big machines and they are, uh, they are navigating all planes that come from the international space. They, are, they can see us on their radar. So they will bring us in and help us to land safely. Whoo, Jesus. <laughs> and here we were, Barcelona, yes, flying in. Bouncing around, clouds all around us. Finally, we break through the clouds and you can see the landing strip not too far from us. And finally, we land safely. We landed safely. Here I am. You can see I'm in one piece. We landed safely. <laughs> you know, as I walked away from there, I thought about it. Even if we were caught in a storm and we didn't know where we were, somebody at O.R. Tambo, formerly Jansmas Airport, knew where we are. 
I'd love to tell somebody in this place that even if we are caught in this storm, there's somebody greater than the control tower of O.R. Tambo. His name is Jehovah Almighty. His name is the Ancient of Days. His name is the God who was, who is, and he is to come. His name is the author and the finisher of your faith. He calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Ancient of Days. He's the God who has you in the palm of his hand. And that same God says to you, I'm going to bring you in safely. You can relax. I will bring you in safely. As long as you learn to communicate. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Can I hear a good amen in the house? David says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord which made the heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that will keep you, he will keep you even from slumber. Can I hear a good amen? We need to lift up our eyes to the hills. And bring this in the hands of God in prayer. And pray about it. God will bring us in safely, people. I can tell you that much. Instead of being afraid... Instead of going into panic, instead of being in despair, instead of suspecting everything and everybody, let's know that there's a God who is there. The God who was there, who knew that this day would come and is going to bring you in safely. Tell your neighbor, it's going to bring you in safely. It's going to bring you in safely. And the last thing they tell the pilot is, whatever the control tower tells you, comply. comply and so I want to say with the information you've received today from my health practitioners the preventative measures comply if you comply you'll learn safely in John 2 5 when Jesus went to the wedding in Cana and they ran out of wine when they ran out of wine they came to Jesus to ask for help. And the mother of Jesus says something, which is amazing. He says to the servant, listen, whatsoever he tells you, do it. Comply. Comply and want to go high for prevention. Comply and take the preventative measures. Comply. Comply by praying. Comply by being proactive. Comply. I had a good story from somebody who had gone on a transatlantic flight. You know these flights as you cross the oceans? They fly very high, but sometimes the weather is really bad. And they just happened to be on one of those flights where it, they, it was so bad. Now, I don't know if you, many of you have been on flights. You know, when you're going through turbulence, the, the captain comes and says, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going through turbulence right now. Just a little lumps and bumps. Just put your seat upright, your seat belt on. Nothing to be too concerned about. And he speaks in a calm voice. And the cabin attendants come to you and say, Sir, can you please put your seat up and your seat belt on? And they're walking and they're talking calmly. Nobody is panicking. And he said, but on this flight, the way it was so bad, even the cabin attendants were screaming. <laughs> they are supposed to keep everybody calm, but they were screaming. They were panicking. 
it got to be so bad because he said the way the plane was shaking this way and that way, things were falling all over. All kinds of things were happening. Once the cabin attendant started panicking, this experienced pilot decided to do what leaders do in times of panic. He decides to come on and address the people on the flight and comes on, kind of raises the volume a little bit. Says, ladies and gentlemen, and they're all screaming, ah, the ladies and gentlemen, please, please. So they got quiet a bit. He said, listen, I've been a pilot for the last 56 years. And he starts giving them his resume. I started flying when I was such and such an age. Not only did I fly commercially, I went to the army. I flew this kind of plane, that kind of plane. I was involved in this operation and that operation and that operation. Ladies and gentlemen, for all these 46 years that I've been a pilot, I've never crashed a plane once. Ladies and gentlemen, for all these years that I've been doing this, I've flown through all kinds of weather conditions and I've landed the plane safely. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you one thing. Would you please just calm down? Just be quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, please I ask you, Give me time. I will get us through this. Give me time. I will get us through this. I'm here to tell you, let's give our God time. He's going to get us through this. What do you say? Instead of panicking, instead of screaming, give him time. Let's give God time. Because throughout history, whatever pandemic has come, it has been resolved, it has been solved. Let's give our God time. What do you say? God is able to come through. Even in these days, we give our God time. He will take us through this. A day will come when we will hug again. We won't have to be doing all those things. A day will come when we will do all other things. But for now, let's give God time. Not as a people who are fearful, but as men and women who are filled with faith. We are not going to give in to, in to anxiety and fear, but we are men and women of faith and hope. If you are a man and a woman of faith and hope, give the Lord a loud shout in this house. It may be that your situation might not be that of the virus, but you're facing any other situation. The same message applies in your situation. Give God the time. He will take us through. Give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. God has you in the palm of his hand. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will always be by your side. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth. Raise your hands and just pray in the Holy Ghost right where you are. Thank you, Lord, for your word that never changes. Your word that is true. Hallelujah. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. Pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy of all the praise. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Thank you, Lord. As we have our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I want to ask you today. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross more than 2,000 years ago. 
for men and women like you and me. He died on the cross to save us and change us. And whatever it is that we are faced with, Jesus is the one who's able to bring us through. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If you're here today and you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and you want him to be the Savior and the Lord of your life, I want to pray for you. You say, God, I want to bring my life to you. I ask you to change me and make me your child. Put my life on a different path. All over this place. If you need prayer, right where you are, would you please raise your hand, please? You say, I want to receive Christ. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. Let me see it.